Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. There's a lot of noise out there, a lot of noise in the media about the markets. Advertisers pay for clicks and views, and headlines drive that, which is not in the best interest of the investor, their portfolios, or your business. It's really hard to control the narrative, but our next guest helps you do just that. Teresa Lino is a former financial advisor turned entrepreneur and the founder of Fresh Finance. After 15 years in the insurance and financial services industry, Teresa started Fresh Finance to solve the problem of content through educational and enriching articles advisors can make their own and use with clients. Advisorpedia has partnered with her to co-create the Advisorpedia content engine. Welcome, Teresa. Hey, thanks, Doug, for having me on. You got your start as an advisor in this industry and turned towards fintech. Tell us a little bit about your path. Yeah, sure. So I initially, um, way back, was um, in commodities and from there went to life insurance sales, got my investment license. And the one thing that became very clear was that my clients needed financial education, but at the time there wasn't really any resources that were available. So it started out with producing content that I could use with them, newsletter type format. And from there, we ended up uh, developing our own content distribution tool. So it was kind of out of necessity that this whole thing happened um, for my needs as an advisor. But um, quickly after it launched, um, I was able to basically leave that and, and jump full time into this company. So what was the big idea? When did the light come on? And where did you see a big gap that people, other people weren't doing this kind of thing? Yeah, so I guess the light bulb came on during the financial crisis, quite honestly, was when things got a little bit crazy as far as, you know, in what was happening to portfolios, um, the questions that were being asked. And that was kind of the big idea was that I, I seem to be spending a lot of time trying to help them navigate the crisis and what was happening in their portfolio or the choices that they were making. And the light bulb came on that I have to have a better way of doing this versus just doing it when I'm in front of them. And so that, that idea of, you know, content to help educate was born um, and something that was consistent that kept up with, you know, I guess somewhat what's happening in the world of investing, um, but also what may be happening in their life and developing content around that, whether it's, um, you know, second marriage, estate planning, those types of things. So I really developed it as a way to um, amplify the educational component of what I did, but in a, in a manner that they could, you know, engage with it at their leisure. Because um, I wanted to be able to, you know, talk with them and work with them on other things in these meetings one-on-one. But it was just a continual pattern that I kept seeing was that they didn't have the financial education to start making some of those decisions that they needed to make. Why do advisors need to market in this way and not just depend on referrals for new business or simply have a website as so many do? 
So I think, you know, years ago, basically asking for referrals was the, the biggest way that people received, you know, new business. And, and that still exists today that they do get referrals, but I don't think the asking for it is necessarily the manner because um, that they receive it because a lot of, a lot of people really don't want to give out their friends and family contact information um, initially. And I know a lot of businesses were built that way. Um, websites also, you know, you need a website, but you've got to have something that drives people to your website, um, which is content and using content in multiple manners. You have to make it appealing. Um, your website needs to consistently change. And the easiest way to do that is with financial content. What content trends are you seeing in the advisor marketplace in terms, are advisors asking for specific things? Um, yeah, we do get requests through our uh, vendor arrangements that we have with large companies. And the requests that we're starting to see um, aren't so much technical content. They can be somewhat te technical, maybe around a concept. Like I know when I-bonds were kind of the big thing, there was a lot of questions that investors had about I-bonds. So we were asked to produce that content. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of trends with estate planning, especially more so that they want estate planning con um, content. And I think part of that has been honestly driven by COVID and a lot of people losing, you know, a family member or someone they know passing away and not having that content that basically talks about why you should do estate planning. So I think I call it's, it's lifestyle content, but it's a little more elevated where it's more specific to basically fix a problem they have or make an investor realize a problem that they have. And then that's where the advisor can come in. We're seeing requests for specialized content based around their business model. For example, um, some advisors um, only focus on executive level uh, C-suite clients. Other ones may only work with um, high net worth clients. Some may work with only women. So we're starting to see where they've developed kind of their business model and they're, they're looking for content that kind of fits into that model that they've developed. You mentioned content driving leads to their site. Spend more time and talk to me more about that. Yeah. So, you know, content's great, but you have to have a method of distributing it and content should be posting from your site into social media. Um, Twitter has just exploded in the financial services industry for advisors to use. Um, LinkedIn is always, you know, another great one. We're not seeing as much, um, I guess, requests or advisors using uh, Facebook like they used to in the past, because that's kind of more for a different line of business. Um, but being able to post that content out on social and have leads come into your site or to do it through a newsletter and have leads come into your site is really how to help them get traffic. What types of content should advisors be considering? I think that they should be considering um, content that they can license, but also edit to make it their own. Um, and that is one thing that we do is we allow them to go into a database, pick content um, and edit it and make it their own. Um, without having to be concerned about copywriting, essentially. They wanna be able to put their voice into it, kind of give it a special, you know, special touch with their own voice. I think they need to be considering different types of content too, where presenting content on multiple categories, you know, it might be 
private investments, for example, or um, it might be something about, you know, sending your child to, to college or saving for, you know, college education. Um, I think they need to take a look at all of the content available to them in different categories after they think about their business, business model. And I always tell advisors, when you're considering content, think about the types of questions that you're hearing clients ask you consistently. And that is how you can kind of build your strategy of helping to engage them through content and educate them. It also works for prospects, quite honestly. Um, if there's a certain prospect that they want to do business with, being able to post that on social media to help drive that in. Um, I guess uh, compensation compensation packages type content, um, a C-suite level content is a big one that we've been asked to produce. We're going to get granular here, but and there's probably no right answer, but how often should they be posting content to their site, sending out social media pieces, or sending a newsletter to client and prospects? So for the newsletter, I always say send them something once a month, I think is probably enough. Um, maybe not hitting them weekly, I think is a little bit overboard, but just that once a month touch. Um, I do think advisors should be posting new content on their site once, if not twice a week, and probably about the same on social media. And, you know, I always tell advisors that they can definitely go with blog type material as a post, but also using third-party content um, through publishers, because that also validates that they are well-informed and that they're sharing information that they feel um, is relevant to their clients. So I always encourage them to make sure that you're reading a lot of third-party resources, but also using um, what I call evergreen content or content like what we, pr we produce where they can choose to edit it or not. So um, but just to be consistent in their posting. What have you seen the barriers advisors have had in being successful with this kind of strategy? Um, I think one of the biggest barriers is basically finding content, good content, um, timely content and content that is um, relevant, relevant to readers. Um, one of the things that has been expressed to us through some of our subscribers is that um, one advisor talked about the fact that, you know, he subscribed um, to a content service um, and used it. And uh, another advisor subscribed to the same service and both advisors had the same client and they were both receiving exactly the same stuff. And he, he was like, this is not good. You know, <laughs> um, advisors like to believe that they have all the clients business. And sometimes they do, but a lot of times they don't, but that was just kind of eye opening to him that, you know, it's too diluted and we really try hard. Um, and we also have agreements with some larger broker dealers that only their advisors get that content. We're not diluting our content and, you know, spreading it out to the masses. And I think that that's important is that we're providing different content than what they're, you know, have used in the past or may have heard heard of because as we all know there's certain providers out there that have the majority of the market um i can say that people come to us because we don't have the majority of the market and they also know that we're going to be providing fresh content there are a few ways advisors can go about creating content writing it which is time consuming hiring a ghostwriter per piece which is costly or subscribing to a platform that allows the advisor to download compliant content that's editable to make their own Walk us through the pros and cons of each. Yeah. Um, 
definitely writing it is time consuming. Um, or <laughs> in some instances, um, the advisor may not be the best writer, which is okay. Um, but I think they struggle with, you know, do I need to be writing content or should I be managing my client's money? And what are they going to actually make the revenue on? It's going to be managing, managing assets. So, um, time consuming for sure. And I think that advisors have limited time the way that it is. Hiring a ghostwriter is an interesting one. I think some advisors think that that may be the way to go. Um, and it can be if you have the budget for it. But I know it's also hard to find someone that has experience in the industry, understands the concepts and can write to the industry, especially if they're going to need to take that piece of content through compliance. So I think it's harder and harder all the time for advisors to actually find a ghostwriter that can write in their voice, but also have content that can get through compliance and be accurate. I think that subscribing to a platform is probably the better option of the three, which is why we've developed our product the way that we have, where they can download compliant content. Um, we don't necessarily take care of um, passing it through compliance. That's on them. But we do have a team of writers that have been in the industry, um, have been licensed, so it makes it a lot easier. And also the fact that they can edit it and change it to make it their own. Um, an example of this is I worked on a piece for a financial firm um, that had to do with um, basically estate taxes and Washington um, estate tax and all that stuff. And it was very, very technical piece. And the advisor group that had um, requested it based out on the West Coast um, actually took that piece that I had written and um, had kind of added their own and updated it slightly. So that was kind of kind of nice to see them putting in their own touches. So I think that's probably the best option out there. The other thing is that they can take this content that they get from us, edit it, do whatever they want with it or leave it as is and put it on their website and make it their own. Um, but I think just having a lot of options on content is is what needs to happen. Tell us about the Advisorpedia content engine. You co-developed it with us. Why is it special and who's it for? Yeah, so obviously our focus is advisors and helping them be successful with their business by providing great tools. Um, the thing that I love about it is that it combines our content along with Advisorpedia content um, and is client-facing. So this is kind of a new area that we're um, engaged in with your company, which we are absolutely thrilled about. Um, but it's basically providing them access to that. Um, we also have an integration with a third-party provider, um, which is Vesterly. And we pull in 24 articles each month through Vesterly um, that are publications that we know compliance are, you know, they're very pleased with because we've already vetted many compliance departments. Um, so we're providing them with that tool too, is that, you know, you can post third-party content from, you know, well-known publishers. And there again, it's helping to position um, the advisor as an expert in their field. Teresa, we're so excited to be working with you. It's been incredibly successful so far, and we look forward to more success in the future. So thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for having me. To learn more about the Advisorpedia content engine, go to advisorpedia.com. Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Abby Benson, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.